You're listening to The Scoop, the show that gives you the inside story on South Stockport's independent businesses. Each week, we'll bring an interview with a local business owner. We will find out about their journey to independence and what they can offer to our community. As a resident and a business owner myself, I think it's important to give other local enterprises a voice and a platform to share their stories, challenges and importantly successes. And with so many local businesses, independents and entrepreneurs in Cheadle Hume, Bramall and beyond, we can be sure to hear some exciting tales. This week, we'll be hearing from local copywriter Becky Field of Mockingbird Writing. So I knew I needed to change. And as we went through this programme, the more I kept getting drawn back to I need to work from home. I want to work. I want to be at home. It was kind of that was a really strong desire of mine to be able to be working from home um, and to be more creative. Okay then, Becky. So first things first, as we always do, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, um, your business and your journey to where you are today? Oh, yeah. Okay. So I'm Becky Field and I am owner, CEO of Mockingbird Writing, um, which is technically a copywriting business, but actually I'm probably describe myself more as a content writer which means I write blog posts, I write social media content, and I write website content for small businesses. Um, And Mockingbird Writing has officially been running now for 10 months. So it opened in January. Mm -hmm. Um, So obviously a really good year to start a new business. (laughs) (laughs) You're not Um, the first. (laughs) (laughs) um previous in a previous world before that i was a secondary school english teacher um for going on 14 years okay um and before that i was um well i traveled a lot i taught english as a second language i worked i had a brief spell working in a marketing office um but for the most of the, for most of my adult life I have worked with teenagers. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So how did how did you get into teaching in the first place? By accident, by not really knowing what I wanted <laughs> to do. <laughs> okay. I at 21 when I graduated, um I moved to Japan. Right. And I taught, I was taught English as a foreign language in a secondary school in Japan. Okay. Um, I'd already done a TEFL qualification. I'd already done that the year before. Um, you didn't need it for this job, but I went and lived in Japan for 12 months and I did that. And then came back to England after a year and basically booked a work around the world ticket six weeks later and left again. Wow. Um, didn't want to be in England, just wanted to travel, <laughs> um, landed in Sydney, Australia, and found myself a job teaching English as a foreign language to more teenagers. Okay. Um, so that kept me in Sydney for probably about three to four months. 
and then the call of you, you can't just live in Sydney for a whole year now you need to you you're here to see the country so I moved on mm -hmm. then so when I got back to England I did a bit more teaching English as a foreign language and then just realized that I couldn't probably maintain that it'd been a few years and my friends were starting to buy houses and cars and I was back at home and it was a bit <laughs> oh, need to move on so I tried a, tried a couple of different jobs and they just weren't for me and I just I was still feeling really unsettled and not sure what I wanted to do so I thought teaching would be a way of being able to have a, a proper job does that make sense have a career yeah. but still be able to yeah. travel mm -hmm. so yeah because you're yeah, only working nine months of the year aren't you as a teacher well, <laughs> <laughs> it's such an easy job yeah exactly yeah <laughs> i just know i actually I, I thought i would go to an international school that's what i thought okay. i would do i thought i would move around and do international schools um right, okay. i think that was with a proper salary teaching english as a foreign language is quite low paid mm -hmm. and it's seasonal and you find yourself going somewhere for a while and then possibly having to come back to the uk and doing summer schools in the uk and it was quite it's not it's not regulated and it just didn't have the same feel for me as maybe perhaps having a pgce and yeah that so that was where it came from and then it just turned out that I quite liked it okay and I was quite good at it as well so it, it, I ended up do, that's how I ended up staying doing it I trained in Manchester got a job in Manchester in Stockport and then just life happens doesn't it and you it flies by okay and so you're 14 years as a teacher does that include your whilst you were traveling and teaching as a foreign language no no, no. so it was 14 so, years proper yeah 14 years proper at the chalk face okay didn't really think about moving um mm -hmm. and then just kind of yeah got married had children did the traditional thing that i never kind okay. of anticipated cool so did you study english at university then yeah or, or right okay so that's what drew you to teaching English as a foreign language and then teaching English. Yeah, I've got English language and literature, yeah. Yeah, it, it was always English. It was always English. So at school, it was I, from probably from the age of 12, 13, the only thing I wanted to do was English and that, it, that my aim was to get to uni to study English. That was it. Right, okay. There was no other, there was nothing else that interested me. And so Brilliant. I did literature and language A-levels separately. Mm -hmm. And then I went to uni and did language and literature um but there's not there's not there wasn't the scope of jobs i guess like there is today the internet you know when i graduated yeah. in 2001 the internet wasn't used as it was as it is now it was no. a totally different ball game so, yeah, um, so i suppose it was teacher or journalist and yeah, it was yeah. easier to be a teacher <laughs> Well, it was because for a lot of journalists and for a lot of writers, you had to go to London and live on nothing. Yeah. And from someone who lived in North Yorkshire, in a very in a farming town in North Yorkshire, it just wasn't it wasn't a viable option for me. No. It just wasn't. And yeah, um, you had to have some money behind you, and you had to, yeah, it just didn't feel like a realistic goal of mine. Okay, so. Let's fast forward then 14 years to January this year. Did you 
leave teaching in December before Christmas or had you left in advance? Or I left, I left in the July. I left in July 2019. Right. So you have to okay. work a term's notice. So I handed my notice in in the May. This okay. had been a long time coming. This had probably been about, there'd been about eight months planning before I handed my notice in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously it was, yeah, from September to January, it was all about working for free, to be honest, and just okay. helping people out and doing things and getting a bit of a portfolio together and getting some experience together, mm-hmm. um, getting my website built, um, finding what I wanted to do, you know, setting up the okay. business, trying to get it all sorted and just giving myself a little bit of headspace. Um, right, okay. So what drew yourself- you to copywriting? I didn't. I did an online course at the start of 2019. Um, and at the beginning, it was called Game Changers. And it's designed for women who wanted to make a change in their life. And it's a 12, it was a 12 week program. And at the start of that program, I had no idea what I wanted to do next. I just knew that I was finished with teaching. Right. And I needed, I wanted to work with adults. And I mm-hmm. wanted flexibility. I needed more flexibility. Um, I've, my little boy has some medical needs, right, and okay. at the time, at that time, it wasn't conducive to me having to leave the classroom and yeah. go into him. It wasn't. It just wasn't going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, so I knew I needed to change. And as we went through this program, the more I kept getting drawn back to, I need to work from home. I want to work, I want to be at home. It was kind of, that was a really strong desire of mine to be able to be working from home um, and to be more creative. Teaching is creative, but it was becoming less so. You were, when I started, you were allowed to choose the text that that you taught and you had a lot more choice and it was becoming much more prescriptive in what you did. Mm -hmm. Um, And it didn't feel like you had any ownership over what you were doing. So I wanted that. I wanted more autonomy. So it became more and more apparent that it was time to work for myself. Okay. And then drawing on the skills I've got, I kept coming back to writing. Right. I've taught writing for years and years and years. I've Mm -hmm. always used words. Um, So I started, that's, I talked to a lot of copywriters, a lot of female copywriters, in fact, um, and I felt that's what I can do. I can I can do that and I can help other people with their words. That's it just okay. it just kind of all came into place over that twelve weeks. Right, okay. So you've taught you you've taught English for years, you've you've taught writing for years. So obviously, yeah, that was the natural um progression, I suppose. And so this online course that you did, the game changers, that allowed you the opportunity to decide what you wanted to do, was yeah. it? Yeah. Right, okay. And then I just okay. talked to people and asked them how they'd done it. Okay. I spoke, I did a lot of research um, with other people because this Game Changers course, what it did was it connected me to a lot of other women who'd already done the course. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Facebook page, doing it for the kids, I spoke to a lot of people on there. Okay, um, cool. Um, people who'd done who'd done similar things and some people had paid thousands to do courses 
and there was varying degrees of whether it was worth it or not. Some people mm-hmm. had said, I just did it. I just, I just did it. And um, it's worked. And here I am. And I, and I just thought, what's the worst that can happen? You know, what is the worst yeah. that can happen? I have to, you know, it's, it's, it's something I was felt really passionate about. And I, once I've got my mind set on something, I tend to make it happen. So seeing other people's journeys really helped inspire me to make it, to go on my own journey, I guess. I think cool. that's what I'm trying Excellent. to say. So this was January 2019 on a 12-week course, which brings us to, I suppose, May, March, April, which is then when you handed your resignation in in May. Yeah. Excellent. You... Um, so you took July off or you took August, you took some holidays off, yeah, started yeah. in September. Yeah. And and you were you were putting your name out, honing your craft. Yeah. Um and then come January twenty twenty when you set up Mockingbird. Yeah. Okay, so how um how's twenty twenty <laughs> been for you <laughs> as a business owner? Well, 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 um, we started off, it started off slowly in January. I had one retainer client and mm-hmm. then I wrote some website copy for um, for someone. Um, and then it kind of, February was building up and I got another retainer client in February. So I had two retainer clients by February, which was great. Excellent. With other work coming in, but it was with a travel company. Okay. <laughs> and it was meant to start in March. <laughs> <laughs> and it, you know as soon as we locked down I just I just said I think it's going to be over before it started I, I genuinely do one of my retainer clients was in hospitality and um I lost them um and I just thought what am I going to do um so strangely enough the travel company decided to pivot and they needed right, okay. they needed two websites writing very quickly plus a whole load of brochures and a whole load of things and that kept me busy for march and almost april actually fantastic and um and it really helped me understand what i was doing and how i was doing it because at the time i wasn't selling myself elsewhere i was because we had kids at home and everyone was at Mm -hmm. home and it was just i don't know didn't have any childcare, so I was doing all the childcare and working in the evening. So I wasn't looking for new work, but actually thinking back, it was a really good thing for me to go through. <laughs> um, when you're trying to um, find the positives from it, it could have been a really negative experience. And I know with a lot of people who really struggled during that time, um, but it really helped me to work out what I wanted to do and where I wanted to go. And I had some work as well. And from then on, it's just built up, actually. Word of mouth, people have passed my name on. Um, Excellent. And it's not actually been a bad first year in business. <laughs> um, there's a lot to learn still. There's a lot to go. But I've, I've got a lot of clients now and I've got a lot of regular clients and and I guess what I hadn't anticipated is people pivoting and needing to put themselves out there and wanting someone to write it for them. I hadn't anticipated that that would be a need. Mm-hmm. 
I thought we'd be an expense that nobody would want, but actually it was the other way around. Awesome. Brilliant. So um, how have you found the the transition then from being full-time self-employed or full-time employed teacher to now being self-employed um, part-time because you work around the children? I was I was part-time when I left teaching. I was down oh, to right, three okay. days a week. Um, I'll take all that back then. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but part-time as a teacher is still full-time. Yeah. You're still you're still working full time hours as a part time teacher. Um so I work more hours now. Probably. Okay. Probably. So how how have you found the transition to working for yourself rather than being employed? Oh, it's amazing. I love it. <laughs> I love Good. it. Um I'm my own boss. It's not it's not perfect. It's not perfect. Um I, I I miss some social social interaction, I guess, because it's quite it's quite a job where I'm sat on my own a lot of the mm-hmm. time, and and I had a lot of good friends at work, and I miss the social aspect of it. Um, but I really like being able to plan my own time. Yeah, that is the bit, and having the freedom to be flexible with my time, which just had been taken away from me. And that, and you become almost institutionalized. You live your life when the bell rings. You go to the toilet when the bell rings. You have a coffee <laughs> when the bell rings, or you well you don't even get to go for a coffee. And so just it's a it's slower in a lot of ways. It's slower, yeah. but I'm consciously wanting to make it slower. I don't want. I chose to leave that life so that we could have a better work life balance at home for both of us, I guess, me and my husband, and be there for the kids more. We wanted that. Um, Mm -hmm. Obviously, 2020 brings different stresses. It's been a different (laughs) kind of stress. But once we get back to some kind of normal, like to begin with, it was being able to take my daughter to school every day and pick her up every day is a privilege. And it's something I just wouldn't have been able to do. Um, And that's my priority that was my priority and it's not everybody's priority and I completely get it but for me it was very important for me personally to be able to do that and to be able to go and watch performances and watch assemblies and all those things that I just you just can't get out of as a teacher you just can't yeah absolutely brilliant excellent so um it sounds like you're obviously enjoying it and you've had a successful first year which is good um, I just wanted to pick up on um, you in your introduction. You said that you're a copywriter, but you're actually more of a content creator. What's the difference? <laughs> <laughs> that it's a really hard one. Copywriting is your selling, your long form selling. Um, right, okay. Um, there's a lot of psychology behind it. There's mm-hmm. a lot of um, tips and tricks behind it there's so it's your emails it's your email um kind of subscriptions to getting people it's your lead magnets it's advertising it's all those things where you want to get people to do something properly you want them to part with their money content is more about establishing people um 
as a position of authority perhaps or as a thought leader or providing more information so it's more about positioning a company um with a brand voice being a recognizable brand voice being right okay so you want to know about coaching business coaching mm -hmm. so I know this person because their voice is so recognizable and they write they write regular blog posts and which I read and they're on social media three or four times a week and I read and they know what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. And so it's all about so it's more about being able to talk about a subject but in that brand's voice not being you being okay. a different business and helping right. them find their voice so they know what they what they're about in terms okay. of the words they use okay so it sounds I suppose maybe a little bit more interesting um to some I, I like it i like it it's probably it's people there's a bit there's sometimes a bit of conflict because I because I call <laughs> myself a copywriter and perhaps I'm not so much it doesn't mean that I don't do that yeah. it's just I guess my my ideal clients are small business owners who just want to be seen more <coughs> and just want to be heard more and so it's a different purpose then it's not that they're not busy they're, um, a lot of my clients are fully booked all the time but mm -hmm. they always they know that maybe in a few months time they might not be and yeah, if they absolutely. neglect that side of it they might get forgotten so it's it's not no none of them want to have a hard sales pitch or push mm -hmm. themselves on people but they genuinely want to help people and show that they know what they're talking about. It's just more about establishing relationships then, I suppose. Exactly, exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Excellent. Okay, so I think we've got a nice um, overview of, obviously, your your previous career and what you currently do now. Um, let's talk, obviously, we are the scoop. Um, let's talk local. Um how do you feel the local area, the local community and local businesses um, can help impact with your business strategy? <laughs> or do they? I, I, I don't know. Do they? Do you, do you feel like you're a local business or are you, are you more of a, a, a regional or national? Does it... That's a hard one. That's a hard one because when you work at home, when you talk about a local business, people immediately think of shop fronts, don't they? And mm -hmm. the local high streets. That's exactly why I set up the scoop, because you don't have a shop front. Yeah. Therefore, nobody knows you exist. Yeah. And even those that do have a shop front, we might not know that whoever it is that, that works there or, or owns the business. So, so yeah, you, you don't have a shop front, but you are still a local business aren't you yeah yeah i am and i think when i first started i think that was that was my aim to target local businesses mm -hmm. um and to talk to local businesses and it's perhaps not worked out in that way as much um um and i do i, I guess i do work nationally uh, i mean i've had inquiries internationally as well wow. um but they're not so that I, I don't 
they're not probably they probably don't work as well so it's mostly on a on a national level so i yeah i work with people in scotland and london um Mm -hmm. but i guess for stockport i yeah i've got quite a few clients in stockport now and it's starting to grow um but that's my aim is that we're all in this together aren't we and whether you've got a shop front or whether you're sat on a in a desk in your front room typing away on a laptop we're all still in stockport and we all still buy each other's products and what i've found is that i'm probably more aware of how many local independent businesses there are Mm -hmm. in stockport and i that i probably wasn't aware of when i was in another world and how many people probably still aren't aware of that because if you've got a full-time job and you're busy you do it's so easy to, to go, go on to amazon at your, amazon at your and supermarket. Um, break time isn't it exactly yeah. because you buy as you think you need don't you and you don't mm-hmm. plan for that and there's so much going on but actually um it's really really rich pickings in stockport for small businesses um and I think this year in particular, they've needed more support than ever um, mm-hmm. and to be put out there. So the things like the scoop are great for getting people out there and seeing. I don't know whether I don't know whether because I'm a, I'm a service provider rather than a product provider that I class myself as something different. I don't know. But yeah, I'm a I'm a proud Stockport business owner. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> and you think your business has something to help? Uh, or, or support the area um, as much as the area has has for you. Um, I think so. Oh, it's a tricky one. That's going going into more. I think so. Um, so obviously, you've said already that you you do, whilst you do have some national clients, you've got quite a few local based clients, and I mean, I know because we've had the conversation that you you run your blog as, as your monthly blog with with local business owners so there's something that you're able to offer um and support the local community with do you think do you feel like your business and i don't want to try and put words in your mouth but it's important to you is it to to support local businesses through things like the blog and through being able to offer them your services as clients yeah, I think, yeah. Um, More so than nationally or, or regionally, I suppose. I think so. I think in terms of locally, I'd like to be able to think that people can come to me and ask for a bit of advice. And I mm-hmm. know that people say you shouldn't give advice for free, but I'd like to be known as that person who mm-hmm. who who's valuable for who's valuable in in words. Yeah. And so if, even if people don't can't afford to use me or don't feel that they were at a stage to be able to outsource that kind of stuff to somebody else um that actually what i'm sharing is enough to make them feel confident to write their own stuff as well does that make sense mm-hmm. yeah absolutely because a yeah. lot of a lot of times with writing the number of clients i talk about who say i can't write and that's not true that isn't true. You just mm-hmm. something's happened to you to make you think that 
that that you're bad at writing and all you need was to that do English is teacher like, used to put a red cross on it. <laughs> it is, it is, but um, there's something about it that you that everyone can write. It's just I think it's about finding your own style and just going for it a little bit and and having the confidence to put it out there because I think sharing your own stuff can be quite scary. Mm-hmm. having yeah, somebody absolutely. else share it having somebody else share it is easier someone else pressing that button for you totally you've almost had them read what well, they will have read won't they rather than yeah rather than you just doing it i'll vouch for that i mean we've already had the conversation i i'm a i do this audio obviously because that's my that's my skill um, and my interviewing has got better i hope over the weeks um but I've always had to hit that button and more so with, with the website, with the write-up, with the Facebook posts, I have to write it and hit the button myself. I don't have anybody to, to proofread it for me. So I'll totally, totally agree with that. It's much harder to hit the button yourself, but you've just got to do it. I think you we did. can all write and your style of writing will help define your brand as well, won't it? I think so. And yeah, I think you've got that person, you've got, everyone's got a different kind of personality and Mm -hmm. you can't you can't copy somebody else's you can't copy somebody else's style of writing um so I have clients that do do different things so for one client she's an amazing writer but she is so passionate about what she's writing about that she just goes off on these really really long sentences (laughs) so basically she uses me to edit it down and to Mm -hmm. and and she keeps me on to rein her in and we plan content together but she likes to do the writing side and I just and I and but other people just say you write it and you post it for me I I, I'm not checking it I don't need to you just do it for Mm -hmm. me please I don't want to think about that side of it so there's different facets to it um it's definitely I think I give people time to do mm-hmm. what they actually love i think that's the that's one of the main things is giving people time they that they're, they're buying they're buying words and they're buying blogs and they're buying social things but actually they're getting time and peace of mind yeah. knowing that it's, something's going out um for them that yeah, they yeah, don't have absolutely. to worry about yeah like i suppose like with any outsourcing it's giving let's let me focus on what i can do and give somebody else something that they can do yeah um, but by the same, but it's always benefiting the business, isn't it? Yeah. Um, both ways. Brilliant. Um, okay, so let's talk about your challenges. Obviously, we are only 10 months old, so there's probably going to be a few challenges, I guess, you faced in that in that 10 months and maybe the six months beforehand. Yeah. Um, anything in particular? Other than COVID? <laughs> <laughs> We'll come on to that in a minute. Oh, um, um, having uh, dealing with feedback, I think. Okay. Um, and I'm quite good at it. I'm getting, I'm getting better at it, and I should be fine with feedback because you were a teacher. I know, and I always (laughs) go, but I was always giving the feedback. I just, it's about. I'm learning more and more that. And this is what I tell this is what I tell my clients. It's not going to be perfect first time round, and it's a it's a forwards and backwards process. 
-hmm. and it's about unteaching unteaching yourself to want to be perfect straight away does that make sense about and that's that's something that we're taught at school isn't it that you want to get things right and you've got one shot at it in an exam and that's that's yeah. what he's going to be, and and it's but a. But that's not real life. That's exam not real conditions. life. No, and I I tell you, someone who gave me that advice very early on, Andy from the Mountain Stone. Uh huh. He was very much. This is going to be. This is a backwards and forwards process. We go. We work together with it, and that that always stays in my mind. So it's it's more. The thing the challenge is with yeah. me is only having me as my sounding board. I'm everything. Mm-hmm. And I guess you'll get the same that you're everything and you're you you do yeah. it all. And so you can't yeah. just nip to the person next to you and say, what do you think about this? <laughs> do you think that's yeah. right? You can't. There's no you can't discuss anything. No, with anybody when, you ask, else. when you ask your, uh, your spouse, they're like, I really don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Just do it. Yeah, yeah. They, they 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 try and help, don't they? But it's yeah. different, isn't it, than when you were had a colleague when you've got colleagues around you. So yeah, as a totally. teacher, you had nipped and I'd nip next door to another teacher and say, Would you do that or that one first? Which way round would you do it? And even, you know, after fourteen mm-hmm. years of experience, you still want to every lesson you still want it to be the best that you can do. And it was always about you never just delivered the same lesson repeatedly every year it was always having to be different and always having yeah, to change but you would talk about it and it would be a collaborative approach um yeah. and that's probably the bit that i found really challenging is so making how, have all you the overcome decisions. That? how have you managed to overcome that oh it's got better just doing it it's practice okay. i think it's practice I'm very lucky that one of my clients is a coach <laughs> and she's, a, and, and, she, and um, she's, um, I do a lot of her blog posts and she's very much positivity and she's always telling me to reframe things and what can you learn from this? Mm-hmm. And if something does go wrong, think about the positives from it and what you're not going to do next time. Um, mm-hmm. And not loads have gone wrong. Not, not, I'm not, there's not been massive disasters, and there's probably been a bigger disaster in my head than anywhere else. Um, I do a lot of reading now. I, I am a massive lover of literature, so I am now trying to read more nonfiction um, mm-hmm. and thinking about the creative process more and just, um, well, I'm, I'm guess what, networking as well. I've joined I've joined a networking group, business uh-huh. group, and that and that was partly because I needed people who understood what and I wanted to talk to them about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's sort of that's the answer I was expecting. Sorry, I waffled a bit, didn't I? <laughs> no, no, no. You've you've obviously answered it in, in your own way. Um which is great because you've you've found your own ways of um ways of doing it, but obviously like you and I know each other through um through I don't even know how, what you'd describe the group that we're in is it an accountability group or a a mentoring yeah. coaching group but we that within that there's a group of biz, local business owners who are like-minded enough and you can approach any of them yeah um for that that nip in between classrooms yeah, type thing, what, can't you? yeah and it's nice to be able to um 
ask yeah ask for help outside of that as well because mm -hmm. I've had people ask me to do things and I've gone I don't think I don't offer that and been able to message someone and say is that something you do could you do yeah. that and just pass it around a bit and share share the workload and just have know that if I've got a question there are people who might know the answer to it now because it's not just about the job itself it's about everything isn't it it's about your tax yeah, exactly. and your self-assessment and the legalities mm -hmm. behind it and your insurance and all those things that you don't anticipate when you go, Oh, I'm going to work for myself. It'll be lovely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you forget that the, the big corporates have got the HR departments and the, and the legal departments <laughs> yeah, and the yeah. marketing, et cetera. Yeah. Um, but you've got to do that all yourself, certainly to start with, but yeah, having that network of people, obviously you can ask for advice, you can soundboard and then, once you get into a position that you're able to outsource, you get you get to that position, don't you? Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, brilliant. Um, and then what about successes? How, how would you describe your, your best successes over the last 10 months? Oh. You must have had one. Come on. Oh, no, I, I think... <laughs> I feel like... I think I think my I feel really proud of what I've achieved actually. I do. When I stop Good. and think about it, I haven't been out of work at all this year. Fantastic. So I've had maybe one week where there was a little bit of uh um mm -hmm. one week in the whole of the of the whole of the year I've been able to work for somebody else, which yeah. I think is an achievement in itself <laughs> considering everything. Um yeah. I'm really proud of that, but I'm also really proud that I've been able to forge some really good relationships with some people. Mm -hmm. um, and I've met a whole new world of people. Um, and some of that has brought work in. Some of that has brought taken work to them. Yeah. Um, and that I'm starting to feel part, part of a, a, a wider community, um, which... I was really worried about I think March April time when I thought this is a really this can be really lonely especially because we're not even allowed out of the house I can't even go and sit in a coffee shop and work or I can't go to a co-working space yeah. um well it would have been though, lonely back then wouldn't it I suppose but yeah coming but out it was of it, just, hopefully. I think with the I think even though you've got the internet I'd, it's a it's a yeah it's a strange world out there and you, you you're not sure. I'm, I'm very still quite wary of it at times. I'm meeting people, but I've, I've, it's been really good actually on the whole mm -hmm. of building a community and being able to to message people and say, "What do you do when that comes up?" And I do have that now, um, which yeah. obviously I didn't have in January, and it was more about just kind of feeling a bit lost at times, and I'm and not and I'm not well I, yeah you still have lots of questions I don't think you'll ever get all the answers but at least I'm not the only one in it I know yeah. that we're all just trying to do our best yeah we're all in it together yeah and I think that's one of the things that's certainly come from from doing all these interviews that I've done is that everybody is in it together and everybody's prepared to help each other and and even though you're a copywriter and I'm a um I'm an audio producer and and personal trainer and then you've got shopkeepers and beauticians etc doesn't matter we're all prepared to help each other yeah as and when we we all still have to pay taxes we all still have to 
look after look after finances and calendars and and marketing don't we so we, we yeah. can all still offer advice even if it's not directly relevant yeah I think and we I are think, prepared yeah. to do that and that's good yeah but because I think everybody remembers when they started out don't they and I've, they'll mm-hmm. always remember you sitting down at your desk or sitting down and opening that shop front for the first time and thinking right is anybody <laughs> is anybody there <laughs> so I've had a really quiet 10 minutes <laughs> No one's ever going to come in. <laughs> it's just, it's like that, that first thing. And I think, I think these days, even more so, I think for me, I sometimes have to stop myself from remembering that it's quite public. I sell my services and it's all like everything I use. I use social media to sell those products. Mm-hmm. And that can be quite a blocker in itself um, because it's out for the world to see. And as a teacher, you you keep your life way offline it's all within a classroom isn't it yeah yeah (laughs) there's no you do not share anything online as a teacher it's very much a a different kind of thing so that's been um that's been a strange one as well navigating that and doing that and but I but then I think I get it when business owners come to me and say oh I can't show my face online I'm not going to show my face and like Mm -hmm. really do honestly do it it gets (laughs) it's easier um and people buy people yeah. people that, that's that's what they're buying into especially if you're a service provider they want to know who you are and what you do and what you stand for that's what they want yeah, to totally know true. totally true excellent and then what about work-life balance um over the last 10 months i guess we've already touched on it to some degree you're able to take your daughter um to school um and stuff and you're working nine till three ish during the school hours how have you found the, the the difference and and the benefits of the work life balance being freelance um it i like the fact that it's it's on my terms so i yeah i probably work later into the evenings now um but that's because i want to mm-hmm. um not because i have to does that make sense yeah yeah um yeah. but in terms of work life balance over the proper lockdown from March to May, um, it was tricky. I've got to admit it was tricky because there was no childcare whatsoever and there was real blurred lines. Now we're back into some kind of normality. I have, I'm quite good with boundaries, I think. Um, So I have two days off a week and I I, I do say to my clients, I don't work those days, Mm -hmm. I don't. I'm with my son and then my days with my son and yeah. we've got another year of that and then he's at school. So, you know, there's yeah, yeah. there's there is that that um I do try and stick to them. And you know, I'll go for I'll once upon a time I'll go for lunch with a friend when we were allowed to, you know, that yeah. and, and and but the sacrifices, you just say, I'm gonna do that instead today. And then I'll work tonight and I'll do the rest tonight or I'll get up really early in the morning and I'll do it then. And Absolutely. it's just, and that means that you can have more of a work-life balance because it's, yeah, it's under your terms. And that's what I wanted from this. And yeah, mm-hmm. sometimes it's it's hard when someone's messaging you and stuff, but I, I have a separate phone for work and it's, it's away on my days off. I don't, I don't look at it. 
Excellent. Brilliant. Oh, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's going off all the time. <laughs> um, brilliant. So um, moving on, we're sort of coming to a close now um, for the interview. Um, I always ask people for top advice, um, if you like. So anybody who runs their own business, because that you, it seems to be business owners that you work with, what advice can you give them in terms of copy or content creation? Okay, so in terms of copy content creation, just write, first of all, just write mm-hmm. something down. Need don't a t-shirt worry about written on it, don't you? Yeah, don't worry about <laughs> what it's like. If you if you really are struggling with what to write even whether it's a mind map or bullet points or whatever, just fill a page of what you know. Just Mm -hmm. fill it up with what you know and then walk away from it, leave it, and then come back to it 24 hours later and highlight the bits that you think you could expand on and start from there. And then the other thing is if you are writing something and you want somebody to do something, Decide that before you start writing. So start at the end. What do you want this person to get from it? Do you want them to go to your website? Do you want them to like this post? Do you want them to subscribe to your email list? What do you want them to do? Start Mm -hmm. there and then think about how you're going to get them there. So start at the end is always a good one to do. That's brilliant. That's a really good piece of advice. Yeah, I've always found that, particularly on social media, I've always put the call to action at the end, but I've started putting it at the beginning now. Yeah. Because people read the beginning bit. Yeah. And don't always read the <laughs> read until the end. Yeah. So that's it. Yeah, that's almost. I know not quite in the same context, but that's pretty much what you've just <laughs> said. Isn't yeah. It? Well, it's just. It's, I think. I think it depends on what you, what you're doing, and you've got to know why you're writing it. You need a purpose for your writing, whether you're writing to say hello and build a relationship or are you writing because you need them to sign up to something that and Mm -hmm. that that will bring out different content. So if you don't know why you're writing, you're going to you're going to just waffle on until you get to until you get to somewhere and you think, oh, I need to do that now. You need to have that firmly in your head and you also need to know who you're writing to. Yeah. And that that might change, but you're, you're the person that you're focusing on. You should have them clear in your mind who your audience is for that particular post. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Um, and then back to Stockport and the area. Now, you said before you grew up in North Yorkshire. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I spent my teenage years in North Yorkshire. I was okay, East so... Yorkshire and then North Yorkshire. Yeah. Right. Okay. So what brought you over? to Stockport was that just teacher training yeah I moved to Manchester I was Chorlton to begin with when we first Mm -hmm. moved over um and then because I I worked in Stockport um we moved over to Stockport and stayed fair enough and um and so what do you what do you love about the area do do you love the area (laughs) (laughs) what what do you what what what's your What's the best things about Stockport and the area? It's convenience to get anywhere mm-hmm. and anywhere. I, I like the fact that you can be, you can be in the peaks within 
half an hour, 40 minutes. You can be at any shop you need around the M60, you know, in yeah. 15 minutes. You can walk down a local high street and get everything you need from most of the high streets. Um, you can be on a plane somewhere <laughs> within 15 minutes or you used to be able to get on a plane. You know, yeah. it was just, the position of where it is is fantastic for everything you want. You can be at the seaside in an hour. You know, you yeah. just and the, the just. I think over the last year, I've discovered so many more green spaces that are around us, mm-hmm. and the walks and being outside. I just I love that we can. We've got so much choice of what we can do in our free time. It's almost the centre of the world, isn't it? Like, feels like it sometimes yeah. you don't really need to leave do you no no you've got everything and when you are leaving it's it's an hour or two down the road yeah yeah because it's yeah you've got everything so close yeah it's, Whereas... it's, um yeah it's yeah i don't like the traffic jams <laughs> when it's <laughs> raining on a friday afternoon i don't know where all the traffic comes from but i can see why people will move here you the it's yeah, yeah. You've got everything that you could possibly need, uh, and it's, yeah, brilliant. Um, okay, so that um, just about wraps us up. Um, thank you very much, Becky. Thanks for your thank time. You. It's been really interesting talking to you. You do thank have a story to tell. <laughs> <laughs> You're more than welcome. Uh, finally, do you want to uh, just let, obviously I'm going to put on our website www.thescoop.co.uk all your contact details. Um, but do you want to just let people know where they can find you if they're um, if they want to have a go, go and have a quick click straight away? Okay, so my Instagram is Mockingbird Writing, as my Facebook page is Mockingbird Writing, and my website is www.mockingbirdwriting.co.uk. So everything's mocking, Mockingbird yeah. Writing. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you very much then, Becky. Really good to hear from you. Okay, thank you very much. You've been listening to The Scoop with me, Andy McAnally. Please subscribe to our podcast and make sure to listen to next week's show. If you'd like to share your story about your rise to independence, please email guest at thescoop.co.uk or you can find us on Facebook by searching The Scoop. Remember, The Scoop is spelt S-K-O-O-P. Finally, I really hope you enjoyed this show. And if you did, it would be great if you could leave us a five-star review on your podcast platform or share with your network to help others find us and enjoy our podcast too.